Kia ora and welcome to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Rose. I'm a trauma recovery coach and founder of No New Things and Ritual, my online programs that transform your inner world. Season two of the podcast is all about the new paradigm of leadership. I've called in some pretty extraordinary millennials to chat this through esoteric, philosophical, spiritual, indigenous, and creative lenses to shift your mindset. Let's go. Take Your Meds podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm sitting down with Briggsy and Julia and we're going to have a big conversation today about leadership, in particular the ways that we lead ourselves and the ways that our leadership can rise up through us and make a positive contribution on the planet. I just wanted to start by saying hi, kia ora, and thought it would be cool if you could both just introduce yourselves and share a little bit about what lights you up. Cool. Um, I'm Richard. Um, people call me Briggsy. Most of you know. Um, not very original. Uh, I lights up. Um, firstly, just life in general. Um, Julia makes a big contribution to what makes me happy. The kids, but just really crusade to help others be their best selves. Mm. I love. It. I just get so much joy out of watching other people excel in life. It's mm. great. Love that. Yeah, uh, I'm Julia and goodness, what can I say? Um, I guess I have had quite a um, privileged upbringing, I guess, um, coming from a really good family and I feel like the onus is kind of on me for the experiences that I've had growing up in that really amazing environment and the teachings that I've had from them um it's it's kind of an opportunity now to pass on what I've learned through those experiences Mm. from from that upbringing Mm. um yeah love that it feels like you're both really grounded and connected in purpose yeah making a contribution having an impact yeah we actually have a purpose where we want to improve the well-being of a hundred thousand people Wow. Yeah. We thought if we decided to improve the well-being of like one or two people, we could say done, mm. come around for a coffee. Um, it's a bit easier. So we said something quite ambitious. Because the other thing that. that we're both really driven about is being our best ambitious selves. Like mm. not just settling to be okay. It's almost like, you know, encouraging other people to realise they have got more potential than what they let on and to go real hard. Mm. So that 100,000 is a big number. It's kind of scary when you look about it. Some of the stuff we've done, we're closing the gap really quickly. Mm. So that's kind of, maybe it should have been a million. Well, how <laughs> fast, it, you know, when you actually have an idea and a concept of what you want to achieve or like have that calling of what you think you need to do or what your purpose is and start actually doing it and go out there and do it, it happens really quickly when you do have yeah. your why and you've established what your purpose is all of a sudden it starts happening mm. and you're right, like, goodness, like, how quickly, you know, all the stuff that we've done so far and when you start adding up the numbers, I actually don't think that we would be too far off our goal already. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons we ambition is really critical is you've got to find something that's going to get people jolted to do things. Mm. So even when I'm doing consulting or when I was with councils, uh, you know, a big, you know, I think it was uh, Sir Peter Blake often talked about, talked about in his life, throwing the ball out. 
you know, and getting people to chase the ball. And it's almost, you have to do something that's so inspiring and so significant that if you, you know, that it requires people to think differently on how they're going to achieve, achieve it. Mm-hmm. So we thought if we just had a small target or if, you know, if you had an ambition that's easy to achieve, mm-hmm. then you don't bring everything to do it. Mm-hmm. You need to sort of come up with an idea that was so groundbreaking that we actually had to sit down and say, how are we going to do this? Yeah, well. And that, that just it, it made a shift our entire approach. It meant change your entire business model. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed how we engage with people. And and then it looks like, wait a second, we're doing such and such. How can we use that? Like, for example, when we can talk about fly fishing later on, like, you know, how can we use fly fishing to help with that goal? Mm-hmm. And so then so what can we spin off the back of that? What can we use that for? How can that work? And it just then starts self-perpetuating, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how did you find that clarity on the ball that you wanted to throw out? What was the process for unlocking and discovering that calling? I think when you use all of your experiences and the things that you've been exposed to in your life and good or bad, good, bad, average, how, whatever experience that you've been through um, personally through work or um, your relationships or with your friends or things that you've seen or events that you've been involved in, um, I think all of those pinpoint to obviously how you are now as a person, but, Mm -hmm. you know, without going through all of those experiences that we've been through personally and through business and all of those stuff, we wouldn't be where we are now making the decisions of our why and our purpose. Mm. So a lot of, a lot of things that have happened over over my life, good and bad have shaped the direction that we've, where we're in now and they've been like oh wow it was crazy like that sucked at that point in my life or that person saying no to me or that business opportunity but if that event hadn't occurred then it wouldn't have sparked the creativity for what we want to do now because we we just weren't on the right path yet it mm-hmm. was it, something needed to happen that needed to happen in order to be where we are now and I think that's the exciting part about life is going oh like I hate where I am right now or I feel like I'm in the waiting place or that didn't go my way or my relationship broke down or whatever's happened to you that's horrible. It's just about hanging in there and during that stage of whatever you're going through, knowing that you're going to be utilising that at some point in the future for something amazing. Oh, that's a goodie. Yeah. That's really good, yeah. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you've really, like, taken the space and time to zoom out and reflect on what those experiences have been. I think Mm -hmm. so many of us can just kind of be so busy and moving forward so fast Mm -hmm. without taking the time to look at where we've come from and what those experiences have actually taught us. And it sounds like for you both in crafting that ball that you've thrown out, would it be fair to say you took the time to zoom out and look at those as puzzle pieces and see what was the gift or the lesson or the learning from that to help me craft where I want to go? It's also, I think... Absolutely. No, no. I was going to say one of the things that... I thought, you know, inspired me. Like, during the first lockdown, um, I was at council still, and, you know, I was just full-on working from home, but all the council staff, essential workers, great team at council doing all the work. And Julia, well, she was in the same office. Julia was sitting there, and she's like, the entire insurance market crashed. And it was like this opportunity where she said, you know, I either go for it or go broke mm. type of style. And... That was a really inspiring moment for me when she sort of sat down and said, well, actually, this is an opportunity for me based on yes. everything I've been through yes. to actually 
And I know that I'm resilient as a person. How can I take my values that are resilient personally and actually push them into my business and make my business resilient? Yeah. And so, you know, that, that moment was when I actually saw that she said her business was actually going to reflect who she was and stand for what she was going to do. Yeah. And that's where the, the well-being stuff came from. I mean, the whole re-energising of your business was not about selling insurance anymore. It was about what can you do to drive well-being. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of... You know, all those different experiences you've had and that resilience you brought up from being a, a police officer or even being a sports person um, had always been a personal thing to you. And what was quite powerful is translating that personal experience to a business Into situation. Business. Yeah. So suddenly you've got this business that actually reflects your value set, mm. very orientated around what you want to achieve mm-hmm. and completely chilled, uh, connected in, and chill is a good word as well, into just improving people's well-being. It's pretty cool. Mm. It is really inspiring. So I got sitting there doing this humdrum council stuff um, and <laughs> right beside me uh, uh, this really cool lady who's actually completely and utterly changing the entire business paradigm for insurance and yes. I mean changing it for all insurance companies yeah. and it's paid off it's kind of cool and that's mm. where that came from so we said yeah. okay if well-being is really important what else can we do yeah. and that got you into the blood service that got me into the blood service stuff that got you into the fishing stuff that you're doing um it also helps with the, you know when you speak to people when you're doing the whole thing just hooks all together. Mm. It's kind of cool to have that hook. Mm. You know, it's quite fun. Mm, love that. I see it. I don't know if you do, but I see it. Oh, yeah. that's so precious. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm friendly. I, lo- I love it. And you can feel that. It's so inspiring, right? When someone's facing a fork in the road and they choose to see it as an opportunity and to draw on all of their experiences in life to empower them to move forward on the risky option mm. and to kind of go all in on it. And I think that's really cool to hear. It's yeah. incredibly inspiring. Yeah. I think it was an interesting point. Like, I mean, business is cool. Like, that's a portion of your of any, everybody's lives um, and what you want to achieve and stuff. Um, I think, for me, the that journey when you have your own personal life and experiences and then I'm trying to craft this correctly. So... I've always known who I am as a person, you know, from a young age and was quite driven as a person, I guess. Um, And when I went into, when I had like, you know, my long career, you know, nearly 10 years in the police and then exited that. And I've always known that I was kind of not destined for more, but bigger than what I was doing in the police. And it was such a controlled environment where you can, I I felt I couldn't make the impact that I was wanting to make. Mm and changes that I was wanting to make in that that government environment. And when I came out and went into the industry, that the insurance industry now, I had it all in here. You know, when it's all in here mm-hmm. and you're like, <laughs> I want to I do all this stuff. And you feel like you're doing it, but nobody else except yourself mm-hmm. knows what's going on in here mm-hmm. or what you're about genuinely, what your heart feels mm-hmm. or or perception of the world or like the deep care that you have for other humans and so I was running around a bit like a headless chicken in my first few years of business going I want to do this for people and nobody if you know if we talk about technology or you know when you're talking about business if I somebody googled me or clicked on a website nobody could actually see that's who I was or what my values were or what I was about or what I was trying to achieve mm-hmm. Um, until they actually sat down and met with me in person. Mm, and so felt it. yeah, and felt it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, when we, when COVID happened, it was the first time that ever I had actually financially invested in myself. Mm. 
so the rest of the time it had just been bootstrapping and um no other investment or capital from anywhere else it was just like and, and so when COVID happened I was really nervous to be like right I actually have to make this physically tangible for people to see what I'm about how do I create this buzz of what I'm trying to achieve mm-hmm. and so we went and hired um an amazing woman and her job is basically to get that out of you mm, nice, like yeah. how do you get out who you are and what your values are and what you actually want to achieve as a person out and so she sat down and interviewed with me for like three hours and sometimes I just sat there for like 10 minutes going how do I get this out to you but she managed to somehow script it mm. and pulled out all the pieces of my experiences and my beliefs on how, how I had perceived things and then interviewed a handful of clients and insurance companies that I worked with. And from all their views and perception and my views, we managed to create our why, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really amazing process to go through. Terrifying as well, because it's quite um, confronting, <laughs> I guess. Because you see it all there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, what are people going to say about yeah, me? What are people yeah, what are people going to say? And then... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, yeah, it, it was kind of the business model was reborn and it's been such an exciting process because now the insurance industry where I work in isn't even, like, the main thing anymore. It's just, like, a small percentage of how we can impact people's lives positively. And now we're working into this different area of, like, you know, how else can we... Um, share what brings us joy and hopefully it can introduce other people to that as well so they can feel what we feel um so yeah so that we're going down that film and television route now and doing some more creative projects and it's the first time in my life that I've actually been able to be genuinely creative I've been so stuck in that like policing you can't really be creative <laughs> you just yeah. do what D- you're different, told. different takedowns I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is really fun going through yeah. this life cycle of like, oh, like all of a sudden I'm doing this now. Yeah, and but. it sounds so creative too, you know, like getting to that place where you realize you can create what it is that you want to do and like noticing that that structure that you're in with the police. I mean, it had a role, but it wasn't fully authentic and aligned for you. Mm. And instead of getting all messed up about how that wasn't it, you kept moving towards what was. Yeah. And then now you find yourself in a creative place where you feel really joyful and lit up by what you're doing. You're making a difference, having a positive impact. And it's like, yeah, what a beautiful way to be able to recreate yourself. And then mm. we always have those opportunities to recreate ourselves. It's if we're looking for it, yeah. that I, we'll find it. I don't even, I don't, see, I think, slight disagreement. I don't think, I don't think she recreated herself, right? Um, what I have observed and from the stories I've heard about when she was the police, what's happened is she, she, you've been for the most part always yourself, you know, in terms of this really positive, very values-driven, very strong values as well in terms of looking after others, looking after yourself, your kids, you know, honesty, integrity and, and so forth. That's always there. And it's important the police, not saying they don't exist, but the rules create limitations on how you can express that. Right. So then right. what you've got is a situation when things are in the insurance world, right? And... I'm not going to say anything negative about the insurance industry, but all I'm going to say is that sometimes insurance salesmen are considered a bit like car salesmen, and there's a a questionable view on terms of are they doing this for the the commission or are they actually interested in my well-being? 
So when Julia went through all of that work in terms, and I, I watched this, and the and I, I didn't get, did I get interviewed? I did get interviewed. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah I, think, I think they interviewed me, and I did my thing. Um, but what I think happened was that finally there was actually a alignment between the authentic Julia and what the product was. Mm, the product right. wasn't insurance, it was well-being, right. or it was making people their best. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is, and this is where my a very simple view on leadership is, if you want to really achieve greatness in whatever you're doing, you've got to be in a position where everything you do aligns in the maximum way to achieve that greatness. You've got to honour, if your purpose, whatever your purpose is, you've got to behave in a way that honours that purpose. Now, it's really easy um, you know, for some people to like, well, not easy, it's quite hard, but it can, it, it's an option is to just how you are mm-hmm. and to be a slightly different person mm-hmm. to honour that purpose. Mm-hmm. Or, in Julia's case, what she did was she built a purpose to honour who she was. Mm-hmm. Same outcome, but far stronger, and it connected, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so much easier to it, just be yourself. Just be, <laughs> but, no, but, no, but it's, uh, you, you're never anyone else. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. What you end up doing is just dialing up a million knobs and different combinations to get your best self right. But mm-hmm. Julia's solution, and it was straightforward, is by talking to again, this lady doing all this great work, named Debbie, she's brilliant, um, doing all this great work, what you worked out was that there wasn't a huge difference between how people once they met you perceived you and how you perceived yourself. What there was was a difference between those that hadn't met you, and so the question is, how do you behave? How do you get your? And because Deb is a, a, a marketing guru, how do you align all of your collateral? How you engage with people? Mm-hmm. How you use internet and Instagram and all those social media profiles? When you um, are involved in events, how does that all line up as well? Mm-hmm. So what it effectively did was an opportunity to identify, yeah, you are extremely consistent and authentic, mm-hmm. um, but you've been let down by the industry because people don't expect that in the industry, mm-hmm. and you're let down by the current collateral that you had in terms of your website and all that sort of stuff. So you said about changing that. You're changing the industry, and you've changed easily changed all your collateral. That's, that's my observations anyway. That's why, that. I slightly, that's why I slightly disagree. I love the disagreements. We yeah. can have lots of disagreements. Usually people disagree with me, so it's quite nice. It's quite nice to disagree with someone else. <laughs> I'd love to dive a little bit into into your purpose and how you've really embodied that in your leadership journey because I know that you've held some really big positions and, and been a person of influence for a lot of other people and led towards really inspirational visions. And so I'm curious, how have you found that purpose in really complex, uncertain and dynamic environments and how did you live that out? Uh, I think... It took me a while to get to the point of actually understood what a purpose was. I my very first job was auditing, government auditor. Like it's the most sexiest job you'll ever have, right? <laughs> everyone, everyone that anyone aspires to be government auditor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's a no from me. No, it's, <laughs> no, I shouldn't joke. It was a good job, and I really enjoyed it. But that whole why thing was never back then. I'm a bit older than Julia, and the, and you know, definitely, you know, I'm older than everyone in this room. Um, and that whole concept of leadership behind finding your why it wasn't really huge. You know, Anthony Robbins was like, you know, wasn't talking that sort of stuff at that stage, and you know, he was slowly he was developing his stuff and his gurus being out there. It wasn't until I sort of hit the world of Fonterra that I sort of started talking to her about the power of the why. And the, mm-hmm. and, right. and and so and the, and what's kind of cool, I met some really great people that you know you could really hook in. What I learned back then is if you had a really good why, what you have is a really good crusade. If you can treat your why like a crusade, it just really lights you up, mm. you know. And, and so when I got to council, I sat down and I got the job as the chief executive, and and I just said, well, 
why am I here? What can I do? What, if I do a really good job, what difference can I make? Mm-hmm. If I do a really bad job, what difference can I make? Mm-hmm. And I worked out that, to be fair, if I did a shit job, I could really ruin the community. Mm. You know, there's so much riding on it. So, so, so I identified at that point in time that my job was to build this organisation to be able to deliver the maximum impact on the wellbeing of Hamiltonians. Mm-hmm. Everything I did was about building that organisation mm-hmm. and... And because I'd learned years ago about making it a crusade, I made it a crusade. Mm. I absolutely, and it wasn't like um, a measurement thing. I wasn't going to go measure, had I built the organisation. It was almost, almost like a decision-making criteria. You know, is this decision I'm about to make today going to make the better outcomes for the community through building a better organisation? Mm. And so it was just like relentless. And then um, we, I, I worked with this uh, guy, I still work with him actually, since he left, left council, this guy called Craig, and he's got this, performance framework and it's 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 fairly slick and but you know it's all about how do you need to behave basically your values in a way that maximizes your impact of your purpose and so for me I was, I was thinking a lot about you know my purpose but mm. and w- what I sort of realized with leadership was leadership's about your credibility mm. and if you're credible therefore you're influential and therefore other people will up your gauntlet of your crusade. Mm. So that's my theory. So yeah, how do I behave yeah. in the in a way, and you do this all the time because you're so authentic, people buy up and get into what you're doing. Mm. Right? If how can I come across in the most authentic way is important, but the, in, in a way and behave in such a way that inspires other people to drive to achieve my goals. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I get them involved in my crusade? Mm. And so a very big part of my leadership journey, even in a very complex organization like a council, like 30 different business units and huge political pressure and community you know, challenges at that time, what do I have to do in every engagement I have to be the best version of myself to get that outcome? Nice. And that drove me. And it was like, um, you know, a almost, you know, I almost became, you know, indoctrinated, you know, programmed myself. You know, once I, my, my mindset when I was at council was uh, driven, strategic, and relentless. Mm-hmm. Strategic. Nice. I had to be as strategic as I can because that was my job as chief executive to go all out. Yeah. And um, the relentless part I'll get to in a sec. The driven part was to get things done. Yeah. And it was only there because of the persona that councils have as being the opposite. Mm-hmm. They don't get things done. And that's not true. But mm. driven was about as much talking about getting things done and doing it as opposed to just doing it as well. The relentless part was I was relentless and never walking past an opportunity to help someone be the best self. And Love. So, yeah. Building other people. Building other people up. Yeah. And um, so... I was absolutely focused on that. And the test was, if I asked you, and I seldom did it, to describe me in a, in a context, I hope they came back and used words that fulfilled that view mm-hmm. of what I was trying to achieve because it so- told me that I was actually on, on mark. Mm-hmm. So having left council now, things haven't changed significantly. Mm-hmm. What's changed is I don't have to go to council anymore. Mm-hmm. But this well-being focus that Julia's got, and I don't have any interest in insurance. It's... Um, lovely world that Julia that Julia operates in. And a good thing about it is I can easily step back because I'm not registered to be anything with insurance, which is quite nice. But the overall outcome that Julia's after is easy for me to hook into. You know, yeah. the whole well being focus. Mm-hmm. And everything we do is sort of like this it's almost semi competitive between the two of us. How can we make this better? You know, we're doing something this morning and, you know, it's you know, if we did this, would it be better and Julia goes, What about this and like this and like this? And it's because we've got this really clear view of what we're after. Yeah. We constantly just ding 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 challenging each other to make yeah. it make it better. That's so good to have that soundboard as well. Mm. 
to really test the limit and push the edges of what the growth zone is with the thing, whatever it is. Mm. I love that. And just doing it. People have such amazing ideas. When you talk to friends and family and other, like, co-workers or whatever, it it blows my mind how some of the ideas or things that people want to achieve in their lives or experience – do that or we should do this like yeah you should yeah you absolutely should do that let's start let's do it let's do it right now let's like put some plans in place (gasps) and like let's go for it yes but that's the driven thing with me right at council and in my personal life now is i say Let's do such and such. And I'm up about to do it. She goes, I mean, later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> later. Blowfly. She calls yeah. me the blowfly. I'm up to do that. Yeah. But, but it's interesting, though. And that's one of the things about being your best self is doing things. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've met with various people. And, you know, like, oh, we're having a struggle doing this. We're having a struggle doing that. And, you know, at this meeting. And then both Julia and I are on the phone. Already on the phone. You're, you're on the I phone talking someone. to your people. I'm talking to my people. And before the coffee's even finished, we've come back. There's no skin in our game. We're just handing, handing off relationships to people. I said, hey, reckon you should do this. Julia says, talk to this person. So I say, talk to that person. Mm. And pull it together. Mm. And just make it happen. Yeah. And then we sort of walk away. Why couldn't they do that themselves? We do, and that's yeah, the challenge, right? That's it. And, you know, you're, you're in a place where you're really resourced. You're in a place where you have the capacity and the ability to, you know. And sometimes in life I feel like we get presented opportunities to – share those resources from that abundant place with the people around us. And there is other times where it loops back around where we're just in the depths of despair. (laughs) I'm like, how the fuck am I here? And someone will do the same for you. And it'll just be that one person that builds that bridge for you, that supports you to borrow a little bit more belief in yourself Mm -hmm. and help yourself to get a little bit more resourced that can propel you forward back into where you were, you know? And, sure. and that's beautiful to know when you're in that place to share those resources with others. Yeah. And then re- organic, eh? Once you sort of get re- uh, your network gets used to your network of resources, it sort of grows, eh? It's oh, of, yeah. The people introduce you to people, introduce you to people. Yeah. But, you know, what I wish in a certain respect, and maybe the gains from COVID, not necessarily COVID, I'd experienced earlier, if I'd known how easy it was to video conference someone globally, COVID, I would my network's been far more extensive because mm. what I've found is people just reaching out. You, you're the same. You're on the phone. You're on video conferencing, talking to people in mm-hmm. upside down parts of the world on uh-huh. the other side of the globe. And we didn't have that. We yeah. didn't think, think that way pre-COVID. Yeah, but that's there's cool. but there's no, there's no. I mean, how often do you cold call people? You're cold calling people all the time about, yeah. hey, we need we're doing this. But this is what, it, and that's that's the cool part, right? This purpose we've got. Even if we just say our purpose is to drive well-being and improve people's lives. Mm. You know, you ring people up and I ring people up and it's a pro bono thing. There's no money in it for us. It's not a commercial thing. We're just trying to help someone out. We don't even know who they are. Mm. And we say, hey, look, which one do this? We think you can help. Are you interested in having a chat about it? We say, hey, that's pretty cool. We love what you're doing. Mm. We see, you know, I've got a crap um, social media profile. Julia's an awesome one. See what you're doing. You know, it's great. You know, we're really keen to be involved in that. We'd love to lend our credibility mm. and probably take some of yours. Mm. Um, to what we're doing, and it's kind of cool as well. So I agree with you in that it's hard when you're in those, those depths of despair and you mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. But I also suggest that sometimes you can just go reach out and ask for help anyway. You know, there's yeah. out, people out there that even if you don't know them, will you, they will know you very soon. Yeah. yeah, and fresh eyes. I love fresh eyes and fresh ears, mm-hmm. you know, and sitting down and going out and saying, this is the situation. I just feel like you um, – 
you know uh, Dr. Seuss, the um, Oh, the Places You'll Go? Mm-hmm. That's one of my favourite books mm-hmm. in the whole world. And I, th- I think I read it when I was about 16. Mine's going negative now. And that he, like, crushed it. I was like, this is it. Yeah. Hey, everyone, do you know about this? Yeah, yeah, this is what happens to us, every single human in existence of yeah. this, like, these phases and stages that we go through in our lives. Mm. And it's that the worst place is the waiting place, you mm. know, like waiting, waiting yeah. for this to happen, waiting for this to happen, Can't you know, um, waiting for the phone call, waiting for that contract to finally arrive mm. or the, your opportunity or for them to get back to you or um, – and and that can be a really horrible place, like that despair. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, how do I how do I get out of this? Like, uh-huh. I need it. I want it. To, I just you know when you're on like on uh, in the zone and like on the vibe of like just going forward. That go 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 go. Mm-hmm. Wait, waiting to get back into that again. And sometimes you actually just need to get out of the waiting place by going to see other people that can give you those fresh eyes or fresh ears mm. to chat and be like. Oh, um, you should do this. Yeah. Or like, why Just don't that you fresh ring? energy, eh? Yeah. Why yeah. don't you, I, I know such and such, or like, we should ring such and such. And mm. then all of a sudden, instead of being on your lonesome, you know, that's where community and other people come into play. Yeah. And partnering with your tribe or the right like-minded people mm-hmm. as well um, to help you get out of it. Yeah. But sometimes we, we'll meet up with, you know, we've got our favourite friends, which we love to have coffee or a meal together. Or, and then you you leave that conversation or their presence completely re-energised. Yes. And you're like, yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're going to do this and do that. And they've got our backs. They believe yeah. in us. We've got this. Let's yeah. go. Like, we're just going to nail life. And mm. um, sometimes that resilience yeah. comes from community. It, it actually, actually does. doesn't come from thinking about it a new way at home by yourself. Yeah. Comes from getting in community and, and feeling that fresh and new energy from the people around you. Find that yeah. inspiration, the connection to keep moving forward. Yeah. You know what half the time what I've identified either through working with other people or even ourselves is the we completely misunderstand the problem we're confronted with. Right. We we're like we're trying to we're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to solve a problem. Then someone comes along and we're saying the problem is this, and it's, well, it's actually not a problem. What you got is a great opportunity over here. I'd just that'll go away. We should deal with. It. We don't even park it. That that now that this is the opportunity, this problem doesn't exist, mm. and it's kind of cool when you can do that for other people. But it's really cool when people do it for you as well. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, we as people will get will get tied up with the niggly things, and the niggly things are probably way down in the detail mm. that are actually inconsequential when it comes to the actual outcome we're trying to achieve. You know, and it's quite often we, we sit around and we're both problem solvers and we'll sit around with, you know, the blood surface is a good example. Um, you know, we're, they've got these challenges of getting more people in and it's very much because you're a corporate, you're a public sector corporate and they're sort of constrained, they've got rules, they've got to do this. And they're trying to th- achieve these big outcomes and they sort of define their problem. But we come along and say, well, that's not a problem. That's a great opportunity. We'd love to get involved. Yeah, I mean, it's just, a reframe. It's, it's, it's just, let's just get on with it. We'll do this, we'll do that, we'll yeah. arrange this. And it's sort of like, oh, wait a sec, there's actually people that buy in. And, like, we, and the cop was, we agreed with their purpose. Mm. We knew what they were trying to do. We knew yeah. what they are trying to do. Yeah. And so it's almost like a coaching opportunity there as well. Well, yeah. communicate with us what your purpose is. You know, that hooked us. And then we took their purpose and communicated with a whole lot of other people. So mm. their problem 
was actually not a problem. It was just a symptom at that point in time of not enough people knowing what their purpose was. Spread the love with the purpose, and it actually changed the paradigm. And their donor numbers in the first round of the crazy, crazy increase in number of donors. Yeah, well, I went and donated because of you too. You yeah, know, right. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Well, you saved that one, Up saved three, three people, three people, yeah. and that's where we Is get that our hundred thousand. That's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. 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 Such a simple gesture. And every time they call now, I say yes because of that work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. You did, you know, and then I shared it on my social media platform and I had a few people then go and book because of that, you know, and you, I'm sure you don't even know the full you ripples have. of this kind of work exactly. that you're doing, you know. Well, you hook to 100,000. And, I, and yeah. I think, I think yeah. a lot of people underestimate themselves as well, you know, when you're sharing a cool message or something, how, what actually their impact is on other people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, or a kind word, you know. So, oh, you look, you know, um, that lady that was ab- like legit. She was so well, you know. Some people were so well put together. Mm-hmm. She was like beautiful. She would have been late sixties, early seventies, going out for a morning breakfast. And this is in St Andrews, and I was floored. I was like, she is glorious. Mm. She just looks so beautiful and. Yeah. Happy and vibrant. And so we told her on the way. I said, can I just say... You oh, I didn't tell her because I thought it was a bit dodgy. It was a bit, a bit weird <laughs> from her. But I said, you are a vision. You just look so beautiful. Yes, yes and I love this. Right? There's this belief that I've picked up in my work, which is um, I focus on what I want more of in my life. You know, And if you look for the joy and the beauty and the wonder and the awe, you will find more of it. Oh, it's just training absolutely. our minds to really focus in on that Find it. Yeah. because of the way the brain works it's like got this negative negativity bias where it looks for everything that's wrong and it's a survival thing like mm-hmm. it, it's cool it's got a purpose but it's like yeah so we need to get on top of that <laughs> hack the system it's, it's even just worse. rewiring yeah it's absolutely worse it's absolutely where people are not only negative bias they're diffuse in their application of it so if something bugs you about someone mm. you th- don't like them you diffuse. You basically just you you you, you write them off. Frame. Or yeah. or if someone says to you, oh, you know, those glasses that make it on your face. Your response generally must be, oh, I'm ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's these people just extrapolate. But yeah. on but on, the <laughs> I'm like, you're having a bad day. Yeah, but then you, but <laughs> yeah. then you but then you flip it on its head though. When you give someone positive comments, it's very specific, right? So it's very specific, and people don't say like you say, hey, they're great glasses. People don't say I'm attractive. And so it's interesting, right? So the best That's so mind blowing. I've never thought about it like that. But it's that. just bizarre. And yeah. so you know, don't g- do not give people negative feedback. If yeah. you know, if it's not going to, if it's not going to achieve the, any other outcome apart from them feeling bad, shut the hell up, right? Don't say, don't say anything. But if you can give them one specific piece of feedback that reinforces them, and that lady, you know, you said you were the feedback you gave was holistic. You look great. You look well mm. put together. You don't. You look. You're owning the day, right? And you know, the, the only downside to it was her husband was jealous. He didn't get any feedback like, what about, about me. Like, <laughs> you know? Together, you're perfect. You're perfect. Oh, together. Yeah. yeah, you're doing, <laughs> you're, you're punching. But <laughs> I, I think if we, if I um, hook back, because you know how we talked about before, like the importance of having your tribe or like getting the vibe of other people to get you back in the zone. Mm. I think it's critical more so than anything like, 99.9% most important is for you to have that ability to do it yourself. Boom, boom, boom. Because other people can be, I mean, I'm unreliable. <laughs> like, I it's, can't be there all the time. Like, And you know those people that come and spend time with you to take. 
yeah, you can energy, feel like it. Yeah, it's exhausting. And, and if you are the person that's going out to be replenished by everything outside of you, that is an invitation to look inward mm-hmm. and say, actually, how do I start to take some personal responsibility for who I'm deciding to be in this world mm-hmm. in connection to my purpose, mm-hmm. in connection to the values, in, in connection to the direction that I want to move in and see more of in my life. And I think I love that you've just brought this up because yeah. it's a really fine dance between the two, you know. A bit of an energy check. I have one. I look in the mirror before I, I leave. And I say, who are you being? And I've got all these post-it notes. And, you know, am I in my energy? Have I picked something up that isn't mine that I can release before I leave home? And just coming back into that vision of who I'm becoming and what I want to see more of in the world so that I go out from that place and spread mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then my people arrive yeah. and then I'm like, okay, cool. I am an energetic match for what I want to see more of. So then I'll know when it's here. Absolutely. And we pick up you and it's been really cool, like teaching the kids that as well. And probably, I mean, I know that you've always been probably self-aware of like other people's energies and what they give off, the vibe that they give off, but really actually making them super, super aware of it because yeah. Um, a, one of the a really good examples we were in Napier for a oh so, yeah sad for a funeral for work and for a funeral or something, and I was on a really good vibe. You know when your your energy is feeling really good and the kids were feeling really good, and then I had this phone call and it was a really negative interaction person. Like mm-hmm. they were having a shit day, obviously, and then they like really gave it to me on the phone, mm-hmm. and then immediately I took it. And I shouldn't have mm. taken it, but I, I took it. And then it went, and I didn't even say anything, hung up the phone, and it was the kids that picked up on it. Mum, are you all right? Mm. So they immediately picked up on whatever wow. vibe a, a they had given. The whole car. The car. <laughs> you know, and then they were like, are you all right? And then the whole vibe of the car went all like, mm-hmm. and went all gross. Yeah. And the Everything fa- is energy. Yeah, and then so the, it was really amazing. But the kids who were like seven – picked up on the vibe instantaneously changing and the energy and the, f- the feelings within the car. And so we did something really tangible, physical. I was like, oh, okay, well, it all feels a bit gross. So I wound down the window and I was like, <laughs> getting rid of, getting rid of yes. it. And then up the window, well, it's not up like that anymore, kids. It's, you know, it but the windows go back up. Yeah. But then it's like that freeing of like, okay, I'm going to let that go. That wasn't mine to carry. That Boom. was somebody else's yeah. shit. It's, it's and I gone. love that you had a practice to – so you not only had the awareness that I've just got off the phone call, my energy shifted, and I'm actually not carrying something that is mine. Yeah. That you, but then you were able to identify a practice to release and let yeah, that go. You know? And sometimes that's actually a physical thing. It's not just like I'm going to think about that energy floating away. It's like we need to put down the windows and scream it out until it's gone and then come back into our own, yeah. put the windows up, and so it is, you know? The, the physical intervention, intervention with, particularly with kids, is important as well, though. So they can mm. You know, it's, it's something has happened, therefore it's a trigger. That's it. Yeah, That's but, it. But it's interesting, eh? Like, I think there's a whole lot of people out there that are negative, and they're negative for the wrong reasons, and they've got no reason to be negative when you actually look at their lives and so forth, but they choose. That's true. One of the observations I've got is that it's in the they and they act a certain way because they have no idea how to achieve their goals and they don't even know what their goals are, they have no purpose. If they could only just hook onto something and realise that the only way they'll perceive so the only way they'll achieve their goal 
is to gain credibility or influence. They, you can't influence them when you're negative. Mm. And if they know that they've got to actually try and convince someone else to buy into what they're trying to achieve, mm. even if it's to support them, hey, I'm going to quit this year, I'm leaving my job, I'm getting a new job, I'm studying tonight, I won't be able to come out for a drink, and they go, well, that's cool, man, well done, that's awesome, mm. as opposed to, oh, I hate my job, mm. right? So there's, you know, if people can, you know, appreciate that, you know, you've got to have somewhere to aspire to, it doesn't have to be huge, so it never always has to be ambitious, mm. but you've got to realise that, you know, you can borrow people's good wishes. doesn't necessarily mean you're borrowing their energy. Mm. You don't need someone to prop you up. You don't need someone to listen to you whinge all the time. You can actually just say to someone, hey, I'm doing this tonight. Um, can you come around and visit me afterwards? It'd be really good to do brief. I need to talk to someone about it. You know, it's not always taking negative energy. Mm-hmm. And But they've got to take the shift first. Someone's got to shift away from being negative, and they've got to make the call that they're actually not going to be negative anymore. They're going to be solution-orientated, and they know that they're going to achieve their goals, that they can influence a whole lot of other people to support them in doing so in a nice constructive manner mm. and that I think makes a big difference there's so many people out there that hate the government there's so many people out there oh I've got to live in Australia it's better and I might say well, if that's your view on life just do it because I'm not buying into it I'm happy I'm doing what I'm doing I'm getting on with life go do what you want to do mm. but my, my mum calls it pulling down the garage door yep, just or inflating <laughs> the bubble so she like oh ah, yes yeah and mm-hmm. she puts this bubble around her so it just goes thump, 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 yes. thump, and it doesn't come into her mm-hmm. her world. So she goes, oh, yeah, and she'll listen and then it's just like not even affecting me. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yes. local government, though. It's hygiene. Yeah. It's spiritual and energetic yeah. hygiene. Yeah. Well, I, I think as well, like we, we talk, you know, sometimes when you get on the phone to somebody, oh, this happened. And it's about trying to encourage and have people realise that happiness doesn't need to be when I get when I do this I will be happy or when when I achieve this I will be happy. There's mm-hmm. no happy does doesn't achieve when you're like get that thing or do that. Happiness is or it should always be there mm. and it should be really easily accessible and you need to find those super super low key in your everyday life that can trigger those happiness moments Beautiful. and it can be really really simple stuff like I say to friends I'd be like you don't need to like well, sure I'm maybe getting your nails done or something as your buzz but like it needs to be something that can be done immediately wherever you are in the world and whatever your place that you are in does it mean sitting outside and I don't know. I, I this is my personal thing. I like to watch mummy birds digging out worms for babies mm-hmm. and because I just think oh, so cute. And then you know, real simple, yeah, totally simple things. Or watching the wind move through the trees and seeing them shift and being like, oh, I'm so relieved that they're doing that. So I have oxygen. Yes, you know. I love watching the wind. Yeah, yeah, and it's such simple pleasures to be like. Oh, thank goodness that's happening because that means that I get oxygen in my lungs and there's air out there and it's all great. I mean, yeah. it sounds a bit bogus, but if you can actually tune in to, to the simplest, simplest things, you know, we were talking about breathing before, like mm. it's not airy-fairy. We actually need to breathe properly to mm-hmm. function as humans. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I love this. <laughs> and this is what I, what I teach in some of my work is cultivating presence as the doorway to miracles. And if you can really truly arrive in the present moment, not the addiction that we have to the stories of the past or our wild fantasies about the future, but truly arrive in the present, there are so many miracles. 
It's like you yeah. just described the trees and the wind and the birds and whatever is here and the art of noticing and training the mind to notice and the body to be present with what is already here now is such a powerful tool for this. But I think, you know, I want to disagree with some of the things that you've shared before, um, Richard, because, oh, thank God, um, because, you know, this is a trauma-informed podcast, and for me and my my study of trauma and my my understanding of how trauma manifests is that there there are very real reasons why people are stuck in those patterns of complaining, very valid reasons why people have actually found themselves in a trauma cycle or a stress loop mm-hmm. where they actually don't have the skills or the tools to bring themselves out. The, the mind and the neural, the, the, the pathways in the brain have fired and wired together so repetitively over time that their default way of thinking and being is based on that traumatic mm-hmm. experience and that that trauma still sits in the body mm-hmm. and hasn't yet been released. But we don't have these conversations, you know, and so it's it's not accessible necessarily to be able to support people. And everyone isn't resourced to support people to recover from trauma. So in those moments when people are having those tough experiences, I love the idea of, you know, putting the garage door down and blowing the bubble. And also around, you know, what how can I meet this person where they are and call them forward? I, I have it as an and conversation. Like how can I meet this person where they are with empathy and understanding? validate their experience whatever that is because often people are looking for that validation and in hearing them seeing them and truly understanding where they are inviting them into an alternative reality and that can often be the bridge for people that they can't even hear the alternative reality if you can't hear them screaming and so there is an invite there in that space but curious to hear what you think yep, about I, that. I agree in fact, if you look at some of the science behind those neural pathways, they're actually arguing now that they can be genetically encoded and passed down through generational people as well. So, yeah, so I've, I've read a lot on that, right? So totally get it. My commentary was the fact that the people that come constantly and have those conversations, and I've done for years, and I'm fa- I've got family members, right. where I'll, I'll, pu- I'll push them through things, and their ambitions have never changed in terms of what they want from life. It's just the now. So being stuck mm. in the now is is can be worse than worrying about the, f- the wild fantasies of the future and the past, and they're not prepared to, in any way, shape, or form for any form of intervention to move on. Right. And sometimes I'm not the right person for an intervention for right. family members, right? You may be. Mm. I mean, right now I should introduce, introduce some of my family to you. Mm. Right. So there's, uh, yeah, so totally agree. I just think when I've had so many people complaining about certain things, the extent that complaints are just their life now, yeah. and that's a challenge, and there's someone beyond me to do it. Well, going back to the small things, um, Julia broke me. She's my she's my coach in this space. So and she broke she broke me. And so oh, love she chakra. she broke oh, my love she, she broke she broke she broke my love chakra. And it's and oh, I love this. And, That's going to be a quote. And, and I don't know if she broke so. it or built it. Maybe she built it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I didn't even have one. Dog movies can't dig. So basically, but it was. <laughs> it, 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 it was like we don't have a we don't have a, a lavish go out lifestyle, right? We we will sit and we will watch. I now sit here watching the dogs play, birds dig worms. Oh, I love it! And I, and I never. I, I'm like the cold hearted. I wasn't cold hearted, but I was no, you know I was, you. I, I was I was very impassive, you know, passive and, and passionate. Not aware. Not aware, and so all these little things and observing these little things, right? And so, and then I sat down watching this movie. It was a dog movie for the first time in my life. I cried. You know, a dog's journey. Oh, you know, no, no, a dog's no. purpose. A dog's purpose. Where they're reincarnated 
it's like this one dog. It starts where he's like, look after my granddaughter. And so when he dies and he comes back as another dog and then it ends up being the dog of the granddaughter. Bloody like, cry. But it, it changes. He gets reincarnated multiple times. And <coughs> it's this... Um, Oh, the kids are like, what's wrong with you guys? And we're on the couch like... <laughs> but God, but it's, it's now part of who I am. And to yeah. the extent that I got this LinkedIn post the other day, I was showing Julia, so I've got to show you this. And it's of this US judge who's letting this 96-year-old off his park, speeding fine. But, and, and I cried. I said, this yeah. one crazy. Like and so five now, seconds in, he's like, but, it's good. But yeah. I'm, the, reason, the reason I'm raising it, I'll call it my breaking my love shark. I don't know what it is. Who knows? I love it. it. But anyway, but the fact is people know now. Not that my chakra's broken, but it's when people are meeting me now with Julia, and I am so appreciative for this because it's the, the appreciation people have of me is so mm. different. It's like we talk to these individuals who knew me before and after, you know, before Julia and after Julia. What's happened? Mm. He's such a different guy. Mm. He, mm. uh, <laughs> you know? The head and the heart have come together. Yeah, they have, and, it's, and I, I give full credit, not because Julia tried to... Me, um, but the fact that she took the time and the significant level of patience to actually keep pushing me back to look at the stuff mm. and appreciate the small things. Beautiful. And that is that. It's amazing. Eh? Our it's favourite is this tree here is amazing in uh, spring, early summer, mm. and it has like the most eclectic collection of birds in the morning. Ooh. So our favourite thing is doing the running commentary of all of the birds. Just talking to each other. Like... <laughs> Mike's flying in, and then the kids t got in on it as well. Tui's, kingfishers, like sparrows, finches, <laughs> and occasionally parakeets. Oh my god, this is so good! Bird watching, but it's like our favorite thing to do in the morning. And all the kids come in and they're like, oh, "What birds are flying in and out?" And then it's like this running commentary of like, "Oh, yeah. I love oh, that." So, would you say that you have a big core value of like play or fun or like? Oh, absolutely. What's the like, what's behind that? What sits? Um, Internally, I think, I think I think genetically there's a lot of it because my um, my grandfather on my dad's side was, had a, the most amazing dry sense of humor. Yeah, and my parents were very fun as well. So, um, I love that. Uh, very playful, always engaging with us. Um, but then, like to the right level, you know, like letting us go off and do our own thing and explore. But and you know, at the perfect, they just somehow crack parenting so good. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So I think a lot of it comes you, from that. My, you my should kids see our videos like, on our phones, though. You are. There's some sh <laughs> there's some shit that should never be shared. Yeah, don't put that on LinkedIn. No. Yeah. Or maybe put it on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like the like the crab and stuff like that. There's like all these bizarre it's photos. It's a very fun household. We're, we're sitting watching. We're sitting. No, they've got two budgies. The budgies are awesome, and um, and the, all the dogs. And like Julia does the voices for the dogs, and they're talking to each other. And I like. Love it. And then we go to the park and like the dogs are running all over the place and, I, and I'm voiceovering the dogs. It's like I'm walking along voiceovering, you know, like I'm a, comment I'm a commentator and then she's doing the voices of the dogs, then running around, you know, and it's just like, oh, this is awesome. And you get, the, you get to the end of it all and you haven't intended to give yourself any buoyancy in terms of how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. but you do, you walk away, it's just absolutely funny. Only challenge I had for Julia is her budgie voices and her bird voices are getting, uh, and her They're dog voices are getting closer and closer together, so I can't work out which of the four animals are talking to who, and that's a massive challenge for me, trying to follow the story, and it's like, really, who is talking to who here? You know, what's going on? Is that Yoshi? Is that Sonic? Is that Bear? Is that Ruby? What's going on? Or is that just you, honey? What's happening? This is so good. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I love making oh, up songs. 
about <laughs> animals that we see. So the kids will be like, Mom, there's two birds on a roof. And then it will go into, Mom, there's a bird on a roof. <laughs> and then it's like, and then the kids get up yeah, as yeah. well. And so then this is such a life hug. I'm a duck. Uh, I'm a diggity duck. I'm a duck. I'm a duck. Oh, I like filming the stuff, like the stuff that we see when we're out fishing. And then, like, if I'm having a break or something, I'll film, like, I don't know, massive kiddo in the tree and then be having a conversation with him. Yeah. It's so stupid, but the kids love them. So yeah. then we see the kids again because we're on. The kids um, aren't even. The, it's not for the kids. Oh, it's for you. <laughs> My family chat. It's great. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And so my I think nieces love it as well. They're like, oh, my God, the duck the f- is the so fun, good. It's a really, I would say it's a very happy household. Yeah. You know, and the kids, are, like, I'm more of a wind the kids up type joke, jokester. Um, but, you know, it's, it's... This is just so good. And I feel like, you know, like, zooming out and looking and observing the way that you both kind of do life and who you are and your energy and how you be and understanding these values and how that how you live them out. I think this is such a distinction between those two places of like life happens to me and life can happen for me where you have really clearly decided that life's going to be fun, life's going to be playful and you're going to have fun and experience the best things of it. That's been a conscious choice and you've cultivated that. And every day it sounds like you look for opportunities to practice more of that mm-hmm. and then you have more of it. Well, and it what that does to your be. energy. Yeah, and it shouldn't be so serious. Like I, mm-hmm. It drives me nuts when I think probably policing gave me a great perspective as well of how bad it can be, really be for people. But also it's like if I <laughs> I have a really shit meeting. I'm like, well, fuck that up. And then I'm like, that's oh, it. well. Yep. <laughs> like, they weren't for me. I wasn't for them. And that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> that's it. Because you value that buoyancy that yeah. you've created for yourself and you want to keep holding on to that to go to the next thing. Yeah. It's your but best self. But, see, but it's even like, the people we engage with, nothing's ever serious. Like, we had friends around for dinner last night, totally just hilariously, just, you know, completely paying each other out. There's a great couple that live next door, and um, yeah, Heather and David, and they're brilliant. She's 94, he's 96, and they're brilliant. They, they, we love them to bits, and yeah. um, they're brilliant. But she pays me out. Oh, she just she just loves it. When I was with yeah. Council A, oh, oh, oh yeah, she pays me out. We go over there and like they, they try to get us drunk. Well, like, they they, they get, don't they, try. They, they get do. us drunk, and they're matching what we're drinking, and they're sober as judges. Like the guy, and we're like this, and, <laughs> oh my and, and it's just so brilliant. But there's like surrounding yourself. You sort of think one of the thing with humor and the right humor and being and being happy for the right reason, not because you're drugged up, but you're happy because you just enjoy what you're doing. Mm. It's such a magnet for people. It is, you know, absolutely. Like, and, and like we randomly bump, bump into people and haven't seen them for years, or have seen them the following day. It doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the previous day, it just carry on telling yarns, mm-hmm. and it's. Serious undertones in terms of trying to get some stuff done at times, but, but <laughs> you're laughing. I but, love that. But you're half laughing the time, it's just it's just it's just a yarn. It's just like bullshit yarns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my happy thing is like ringing up my. I'm probably. I don't know how you guys are with your parents, but I love my parents so much, and I get such a buzz when I call them. Mm. I would probably speak what twice a day. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a bit weird for like a 36 year old woman to be like talking to them but I just love them and mm. the the energy that I get from them and the energy they get from us as mm. well probably when we're they pay, they pay, they pay. they pay you out 
relentlessly. Well, I take that as a sign of love. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they just the conversations. And my parents <laughs> just take the piss out of themselves the whole time of their, like, my mum, I think, lives in... Oh, she's the most comedic she person I've ever. She's amazing. She yeah. just is so grounded and just is like, oh, my God, like, I'm just... What is she? She refers to stuff to being a highly evolved species where she just can't <laughs> understand, like, she just lives in this comedy world. And the stories that she shares with us, like, she, her trying to get an Uber once, like, she used an Uber app and, like... They put the address where she was was to where she wanted to go so the car showed up oh and just sat there and, oh my God. and then he was like oh no you don't eat. you have to get out of the car um you know, no call you know order an uber again from this location to where you want to go a new location and yeah. she was like okay so i did that and then she goes he goes you have to get out another car is coming for you like, <laughs> oh, no! and she was like what the hell like, i'm in this like complete circus world of, but her, her commentary man it's just it's life it's yeah. just it sounds um, like it sounds like you focus in on spending time with those people that really light you up. That you feel like you have that reciprocal kind of energetic exchange with. That that's really important for you and your leadership. Oh, like that, that's that's one of the ingredients. Yeah, yeah, and and city, especially setting yourself up, even like if it's in business as well, like positioning yourself for those like-minded people to see that of what you're about and how you are. Uh, your value set so authentically the right people do naturally just come to you anyway just that's the it. best marketing right so authenticity good. absolutely oh, you know to be yeah. honest and Julia this is I mean it sounds like the um, appreciation of Julia show <laughs> um, but you know like Julia's business went from zero when you know with COVID and then with all this just basically the story she puts out on Instagram and LinkedIn which you, you see yeah. none of it is actually about selling it's all just about, hey, this is me, this is what I'm up to, pretty cool. And everyone's going, yeah, that is pretty cool, can I get involved? And That's suddenly it. they're ding, 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 ding. And like, you know, where she was struggling previously with some type of insurance, it's now people approaching here just cold calling her and, you know, we want to be involved in this. So, That's so that cool. authenticity is, is kind of It's key. Cool. dicks out as well. Like, oh, yeah, turn yeah. away. Don't, don't want them. No. Like, oh, they're just hard people to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, well, got no, we've got a no dick policy. <laughs> No dick policy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a dick, you're not working with yeah, us. No. Yeah, and you know, you know. And you it know. Do, I love what you were saying at the start, you know, like sometimes you can go, one way of doing it is going into different spaces and places and turning up particular things to meet the space, right? But when you can fully come into your own energy, come into your own purpose, your own authenticity, how you want to show up in the world, and that's true for you, that's true for your soul, you kind of get to this place, what I'm finding is like, I accept that by me being fully there, it's going to turn people off. Mm. Like I've, I'm totally okay with that now. Whereas before I wasn't, there was so much fragility. It's your own ego, like totally. consciousness of like, <gasps> totally. And I had a mentor, I had a mentor say to me, if you're not turning anyone on, you're not going to, oh no, if you're not turning anyone off, you're not going to turn anyone on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's time to get rid of the people pleasing. It's time to get rid of, you know, the good girl, the nice one, the whatever, the sweetie, the whatever, the mother, the whatever. Who are you? And get connected and grounded in that. Start Mm -hmm. showing up in the world from that place. And there will be a season, you know, for me it was probably about eight months, I would say, of darkness where it's like everything I thought I was, I'm not. And what does this Mm. even mean? And why can't I stop crying every fucking day? 
And then eight months kind of passed and then I kind of came out and I was like, oh, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels so good. And to be able to be in that energy and share from that place, I just feel like really turns up your ability to make a difference on that impact we're actually trying to move to as well and, and fulfil on that, that vision and that mm-hmm. mission. That's basically, that's leadership, my philosophy of leadership. Mm. If you absolutely behave in a way that aligns with what you're trying to achieve, Mm. And what you believe. Well, yeah, but it's like, what you believe mm, and achieve, why? your values and everything like that. This is mm-hmm. legit how I am. <coughs> Those people will say it's because you're too loud or mm-hmm. it's because you're too, you're too much. Too much. Yep. It's not. No. Because what they're saying is they don't buy into where you're going. Mm-hmm. Because everything you are is about where you're going. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, cut them, cut them loose. Everything about – what did you just say? Oh, it's on the, it's on the video. Oh, that was so fucking good. Everything about who you, you are, are is where you're going. Is where you're going. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful invitation then of like, okay, well, who am I going to be today? How am I going to show up? You know, well, I'm, I'm a practicalist. So what I used to do when I was with the council on Sunday evenings, I'd look at my top five meetings for the week out of 50 and I'd work at how do I need to show up at those meetings mm. to honour my purpose in the mm-hmm. most effective manner mm. and what does it look like? And I'd coach myself to be – and, and what I'd also do is work out who else was in that room mm-hmm. and what was going to get – my behaviour is going to get the best out of them. Absolutely. You know, I need this person to – Ask them to talk first, you know. So with introverts, in my team, yeah, with introverts, I'll ask other people. I'd go and hey, look, you know, um, you can start this meeting. Mm -hmm. This is your meeting. You lead it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to talk. No, you're gonna have to. What I'll do is I'm gonna ask you a few questions to get it ball rolling. But once it's rolling, you have to control it. Mm -hmm. So those little things, actively working out what you're gonna do, Mm -hmm. helps. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a decision. You're right. Every day, every day, working out. I need to be my best self today to get this done. And my best self is definitely. Not wearing my pajamas and my, my robe. I've got to get dressed because that's like me. Like yeah. I've, got to, I've got to get dressed. Got to get ready. Got to get present. Got to get on with it. Yeah, you know? I've got to put my eyebrows on. As soon yeah. as I've got my eyebrows on, I'm like, I'm fucking invincible I from here on out. Watch out! Yeah, and like everyone, <laughs> eyebrow like, leadership. Eyebrow, <laughs> honestly, and like people will say to me, "Great eyebrows." I'm like. <laughs> Yes, of course Absolutely. they are. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware that they're fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah. I spend time. That's my morning meditation. Yeah. Me and my eyebrows. We have our mornings. Like, we have our morning ritual. Mine, I'm pretty um, spoiled. Briggsy will go and get a um, cup of coffee in the morning and bring it up to me in bed. And the d- dogs know. Mm. They know the routine as well. They're like, yes. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's funny. And it's, have a cuddle. It's funny because what happens is I, I, I get up really early. I'm up at five and stuff. And I just pot around and, and this and I'll get a text from Julia on my phone about I don't know six thirty oh, yeah. and it'll be on my wait dogs ears prick up yeah. oh what's that text from no, and then then I then, then I get up walk to the kitchen and start making a cup of coffee and then next thing the dogs disappear and they're sitting on the first landing of the stairwell we're ready we're ready then we get up <laughs> then we get up then we, then we get up to the get up to the bedroom and I open the, I open because I close the door because otherwise I wake her up at five yeah. and I open the door the next thing these dogs like a gallop. Yeah. Sprint in and jump on, jump on the bed. So the dogs are the dogs are a big part of the morning ritual. I'm so excited to see them as well because it's been like twelve hours and they're like, we love you. And it's presence. It's presence with the coffee. It's connecting with the dogs and being fun and playful. It's like being here with the moment, yeah. not escaping to the future fantasies and being addicted to the stories of the past. It's like I'm right here with my yummy coffee, my person, my doggies, and I'm enjoying the morning. Yeah, it's beautiful. What a great ritual! And then we open the curtains up on that side of the house, and, and then we watch the birds, and, <laughs> and, the, and the banter begins. I wanted to share. I had this really cool experience. It would be oh, probably six months ago, where because I do when I feel like I need to. I, you know, you have your own way of meditating, 
Um, so I like to put on some music and then sit on the floor. And I don't necessarily like close my eyes and do anything. It's whatever float, whatever state that you need to get to to be like have some reflection time. Mm-hmm. And I had this wicked moment where I was barefoot, and I think I, I don't know if I had shorts on or something. Anyway, and all of a sudden started looking at my toes, and then noticed like a t- tiny little freckle on my toe. And then all of a sudden I was back to maybe like seven and I've obviously had that same freckle on my toe. But then being present in a moment that I'd completely forgotten about, like <sighs> sitting in school assembly, you know, you used to just sit with your legs like that or whatever. And then and then noticing and obviously like as a child playing with my foot and being like, oh my gosh, whoa, I've been here with me for ages. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was in this like time warp of appreciation of my own body being my mm. vessel going, shit, like mm. this exterior part of me has taken me for 36 years. Mm. I know I'm getting a bit out there for you, love. But, I, I, but then I, you I, I haven't graduated to this level of the coaching from Julia yet. <laughs> and, the, and the scars, you know, scars on your body and then just being like, Prison. whoa, this is so wild. Like my hands are getting older now and like this is my – exterior me of what people see mm-hmm. like this is wild and then I'm like whoa I love my body no yes <laughs> and then the appreciation comes because yeah. you're so present and connected to yeah. the fact that this has been your vehicle it's taken me so many places right it's been with me miracle the whole time miracle in the freckle yeah how you could have just been so busy you know Sounds like, like doing miracle, miracle, shit, in the you know? <laughs> miracle in the freckle is miracle in the freckle <laughs> the, the miracles in the freckle it is like whoa man it, this is mm. wild I, i've been on this journey in this form mm-hmm. for such a long time now all the different places and emotions that i've experienced being being here uh, it's just it's really cool like mm. you know now in my 30s being so much more self-aware mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like you said like you know that that journey that you went on with being worried of uh, what other people are thinking and that was what came to me earlier was what I wanted to share was the freedom to just let judgment go mm-hmm. and, and it's just such a satisfying place to be like oh what will people think or um how how I think people perceive me as well. It's, I think that's been like a big hangout probably a lot of my life is like, oh, she's really good looking and like, oh, she might, she dresses like this or she's a, like, I've had a couple of comments, you know, during the, my police saying, oh, you're just, you know, people like you've only done well in your career because of the way that you look or whatever the hell, you know, so that has always been a hang up mm-hmm. of mine of like, I've got to prove or work so much harder for people to respect me or understand mm-hmm. that I'm a smart person and I'm a yes. go-getter and I, I'm a little bit maybe holistic and more alternative in the way that I think or perceive the world. Whereas I have to, I've always had to get over what people probably perceive from my, the outside of the vessel that I'm, I'm here in. Mm. Um, and that's what I wanted to share was like mm. that letting go of what you think people see mm. On your exterior, yep. it's just been like fuck it, life changing. And when you get can get rid of it, when you can begin to see, you know, and and turn that question inward of actually, what do I perceive about, and and what do I think about how I'm showing up right now? Mm. Is this truly in alignment with my authentic self? Mm-hmm. 
And then the more that you turn those those external projections into inward reflections, the more you start to liberate yourself from the shit yeah. and be like, this is who I am. And when I show up in this way, I'm going to be an energetic match to what is going to be for me. And yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. This is green. So yeah. green. So green. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge though, letting go, right? Absolutely. We both, we both struggle Still with struggle. it. We both yeah. struggle with it, eh? Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's yeah. a worthy thing to struggle with. Yeah. I think it's a worthy thing to yeah. keep pursuing. You're getting much, much better, I think, now that you don't have to feel like you're competing with a bunch of certain types of insurance people, for example. Yeah. Like you hold your own really well in the room now because you're actually not competing with them. Yeah, and I, and I would go so far to say that you can hold your own in those rooms because you're holding your own. Mm. Well, it, well, that's what I'm saying. Right? You're not, you're not, you're, you're not, you're not competing. You are succeeding based on your own definition of success Boom. as well, right? You're succeeding on your definition of success, Boom. and their set, their definition of success is completely irrelevant because it doesn't achieve anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I think no daily though, people humans have to acknowledge past hurts, mm-hmm. absolutely acknowledge past hurts but work on every day letting them go bit by bit. I think, it, yeah. was it you that I was talking about? Someone told me about this, like, amazing, you know, if you've had a past relationship with somebody and you were with them for a long time or, you know, even, like, a loved one and deciding to walk away from your mum or dad or brother or sister or a really good friend because the relationship is breaking down. And um, the connectivity that you have with a special person is described that you have... Um, almost like an umbilical cord root connected within your body because you've been connected for such a long time spiritually and physically and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And pulling the root out from your body, Mm -hmm. and that has been a really cool meditative Mm -hmm. kind of exercise that I've had um, from, you know, past relationships, feeling like I've got a weed still inside me of, Mm -hmm. like, anger and sadness and frustration. Why the fuck did you act like that? Like... Mm -hmm could have made it so much easier you know those hurty horrible negative feelings that you have Mm. but accepting that they've still got a part of you know that they have that place within within you but you can bit by bit weed your own garden I guess Mm. as it were and pull out all of those roots that they've kind of taken over and it's just it can't it's not ever going to happen overnight like panting it's going to be it is actually a really long process weeding your garden yeah. and getting rid of that negative oh. negativity. A lot of people replant the plants as well. They, they don't Talking about the seeds. They don't, they, don't, they don't want to get, they don't get rid of the relationship. Again, that's in the advanced Julia coaching course. The advanced, yeah, the, the advanced no, I'm not Julia coaching. Either. I'm yeah, not no, up for that one. No. Yeah. I love that Leave you my chakra that. Like, yeah. that is so sacred and I think such a beautiful way to kind of bring this podcast to a close of, like, really noticing that that work is a little bit every day, that there are some things that aren't just like wake up and then we're all sorted. It's like that there is some consistency, some focus, some devotion, some determination that's actually required for some of those heavier lifting mm-hmm. emotional ties that we have had and those emotional wounds. But to have that as a practice to connect in with your sacral chakra and to see it as a garden that you can kind of weed and gently pull and release and allow a letting go of of these connections that we've had to people that we've loved, Mm -hmm. but to tend to that rather than neglect that and then go through the world kind of projecting that hurt, that that blame, that judgment, that criticism, that anger, whatever it is, 
but you know, to come into that as a practice, I just feel like that was so sacred that you just shared that, like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, and, you know, this podcast is really about creating little things that people can pick up and try on that are listening, you know, that just make leadership, self-leadership a bit more accessible mm. and breaking down, you know, leadership is something that I believe we all have a calling for leadership on our lives. And it's a matter of kind of peeling back those layers and really powerfully stepping into that authenticity to be able to outlive that and to be able to work that in a way that is helpful for the planet and a way that's helpful for people. And, you know, hearing your conversation today, I want to reflect back a few puzzle pieces that I've noticed. And I, as I'm speaking, I'd love for you to also just reflect on the puzzle pieces of what's been shared here. What I'm noticing is some of the big ingredients for your own success in self-leadership and then being of service to this planet and to other people is authenticity. Mm -hmm. Being really grounded in who you are and unapologetic about it and that you actually make that clear through a blueprint and that blueprint is a purpose, a set of values and then I'd say multiple missions. You know, you've spoken to a few different projects that you've been involved in. Um. I think the the energy work that you've spoken into, whether it's like pulling the garage door down or blowing the bubble out or being really clear about your role in people's lives, whether that is the person that is going to build the bridge and support them out of complaining or being the person that is the fresh energy and the fresh ideas that are coming to revitalize them and bring that newness into the mm. space. Uh, and I want to also just say like connection and community maybe, you know, like the way that you've spoken about the beautiful in your lives and the role that they've had and being able to bring you to where you are now that that those three ingredients I've noticed what would you add what would you change I think one thing just there's probably there's a really big that purpose that code that combined purpose like whilst we have our own purpoi um, purpoi <laughs> purpoi um, I think that um, you know we're just really well Mind, mm. that alignment is kind of cool yeah you know it is that's where it ends. and the fun side of things as well I'm yeah. a part of the value we do I loved that fun piece we have cool. lots of fun I got real I did you see me there was the like bird. a I was like <laughs> going for it and I had the running commentary of him like going whoa like <laughs> um, but it was playing in my head so I had such I just had instantaneous joy watching him go for it yeah anything else for you yeah, it's simple pleasures, I think. I mean, that kind of sums it up. We're finding simple pleasures and because that's how life should be. It should mm. be joyous and mm. every day. I mean, it never is going to be joyous every day because we have hor we do have horrible things that happen to us as people. Mm. Um, but looking for the, the moment of joy and understanding, hey, what what is this teaching me and how at some stage embracing what is going on with me right now for how this potentially is going to um, positively affect me and others in my community in the future because it always it does work like that like as we talked about at the start you know I've had negative stuff that has happened but that negative thing needed to happen mm -hmm. in order for this opportunity to come arise now and yeah. it's really hard when you're in that place to see it mm. but just somehow just going okay, it's happening to me right now and I just need to accept it and know that this will be used in future. So if 
something great. It's mm. just, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will. That's but faith. Yeah. yeah. One of the strongest aspects of your ability to support others is to actually be objective and reflect on the negativity you experience in your own life. Mm. Yeah. You know, like having gone through it, it's great. You freak out. I mean, we've all had negative experiences in our careers and mm. universe. Mm. But getting through it and suddenly you're stronger for it. Mm. And then you don't tell people your negative stories so they don't have the same problem. Because they'll do it. You can't stop people growing up and have the same problem. But you tell them so they know that you can get through it. That's it. You know? Or some hope. Yeah. And appreciating yeah. other people's views. I think right now, like, we're so divided mm. because mm. people cannot be like, I hear you. That I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Everyone's just like, yep. Looking, feeling you're, enti- like you're entitled to your views. Shutting down, and this is why everyone's become psychotic. Nobody is listening to anybody yeah. at the moment. And this know? is the this is part of trauma recovery, you know. And trauma is used as this word; it's got quite this big charge to it, you know. Really, trauma is stressful events. Mm. That's simpler and less chargey. Stressful life events. We are in the middle of many of them at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a collective, as a planet, you know, we're facing some huge things. And to be able to have those conversations of and rather than or or but are really powerful for yeah, that, for sure. you know, of being able to say, hey, we're all on this rock, this planet, and we all see it a different way. And I understand the way that you see through your eyes. I might not get it, yeah, but, but I can understand you're seeing it that way. understand them and be like, get okay, curious. I, I get curious. That's I, it. I appreciate and understand why you feel or why you are acting the way that you're acting. And then you notice, they kind of go, oh. Yeah, you can let Someone it go. Heard me. Then you can talk to the other stuff. Yeah. That's when you begin the bridge building into possibility. But until we actually hear each other, we're not getting there. That's no. It's not even a possibility because you don't even see my truth. And, you know? and I quite often, we've had those, I know we're trying to close, but I remember how I came out of that client interview and she was, um, talking to about me about her positioning on vaccinations. Let's not go down that rabbit hole too hard out. But I, I heard her, and I was like, I wept with her on the phone. Like I actually understood and could feel the deep hurt and understanding and pain of what she was experiencing from her point of view. And I came out of the appointment, and I told Brixy about it, and he was like, Oh. <laughs> Why did you got sucked into it? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I no. heard what she was saying and I felt it. Yeah. I felt it. It still doesn't change my positioning. That's I it. Felt, I felt it. That's and it. And I understood her hurt and why she was thinking the way that she was thinking. Mm. And couldn't That's we all do gift. that? That's couldn't we all do gift. that on both sides to be Absolutely. like, I hear you and I mm-hmm. feel you. I hear you. I see you. You matter and I care. So <laughs> it is, it is, but it is a missing ingredient because we don't like the discomfort. We don't like the discomfort of having to sit there. Anyways, this has been a beautiful episode. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I had all these questions here, but we have really just covered it anyways, but in <laughs> a really beautiful way, you know, I feel like we've spoken into what the new paradigm of leadership looks like and sounds like by just noticing who you both be. And I think mm. that's really cool. And your vulnerability and courage and openness to actually share some of those inner workings has been really powerful and really sacred, and I want to say thank you for that. And, you know, for the people listening, this is an invitation to pick up and 
try on something that you've shared, something that you've discussed. And um, yeah, there's uh, a bunch of things in this episode. So is there anything that you wanted to share before we bring this episode to a close? Any final thoughts or reflections? No, well hosted. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, be, just be cool. Stop being dicks to each other. Just be nice. I feel like that's a simple human rule. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick. Don't be, be a dick. dick. Yeah, be cool. Be nice. Say thank you when you get a coffee in the morning. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate everything that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simple. beautiful. And I've got I've got one more thing that just it keeps sitting here, and I just feel like I need to say it. It's like there's so much joy that we can get from being of service and helping others and having a mission and being really inten- intentional about our purpose and our impact and you know making the world a better place. And it's so important that we also, like, make the space and offer that for ourselves. Mm. And what I've heard in this conversation is a beautiful dance between the two for you both, that the self-leadership that you have cultivates that, but then your outworkings in the world is also about that. And I think as I reflect on the last kind of 10 years of working in philanthropy and charity, and then my upbringing in the church, I used to do missions trips into into developing countries. And my whole life, you know, this... um, this belief or this view that that my joy and my pleasure comes from helping others and it's true and over the last year I've gone through this really beautiful process of making the space and time to really go inward and see how can I offer that same level of joy and of love to myself and that in that self-leadership piece and then in doing so how that has really transformed the ways that I can then show up and be of service to other people is like potent, you know, and like anyone that knows me from before and can see me now is like, it's like 20 X my ability to show up in the present moment and meet people where they're at and do so in a place that's leading towards this bigger vision of awakening and healing the psyche. So mm. thank you so much for having this chat. Yeah. I've loved it. Yeah. Um, and if you want, if people are listening, wanting to connect in with you, what's going to be the best way? Julia at barry.co.nz. Yeah, email, but, you know, you can find everybody on social media now. Not um, me, I'm so old. You're on the LinkedIn. You're on the LinkedIn. I got that LinkedIn. (laughs) Don't have have Insta Facebook. I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Because I like... Y'all are great on LinkedIn. I love throwing the grenades out there. Because everyone's like, well, what's happening over here? This is not like LinkedIn attire. And I'm like, no, it isn't. (laughs) I know it. I stopped posting, so I was like, oh, I'm yeah, this ain't it. I'm just on Instagram now, but yeah, yeah, ju- ju- different market. Julia Barry, Richard Briggs, yeah. we're both you'll somewhere. Find you'll find us. Find yeah. easier to find Julia. She's like a beacon on social media. I am not. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful. Got four followers, I think, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you posted some of those videos with the birds, things yeah, might really right. blow up. For Maybe you. we should <laughs> create a ditty. Instagram page of oh like gosh, please our, do it. Please our do voiceovers. I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> please our voices do it. of the dogs and the budgies yeah, and stuff. You can hear them upstairs. They are like... They destroyed the bedroom mattress as well. Oh, no, and they're just... Deep, I love the fact that we try to bring this to an end about four times now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're four hours All right, in. fam, that's it. We're going to wrap it up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
I want to invite you to stop what you're doing right now and really reflect on what's landed for you in this episode. What was your aha moment? Write that down and turn it into an actionable goal for you to shift your reality. Inspiration without action leaves you where you were before this episode. So gift yourself this moment for change. If you've enjoyed the episode, please review the podcast. It really helps us grow the reach. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram at the underscore Gemma underscore Rose. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.